Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is the weekend golf update for the Genesis Invitational. I'm your host, Adam Bapti, and as always, I'm joined by my brothers, Kevin. What's up, everyone? And Craig. Hey, how we doing, guys? All right, Craig, we had a pretty exciting week. Can you recap the Genesis for us? Yeah, well, you know, I'll get to the highlights, but first we got to mention Sam Burns. Started out 18-hole leader, 36-hole leader. You know, the cut was brutal. We saw a lot of the biggest names didn't make it through the cut. Burns kept it going, 54-hole leader, 63-hole leader. (laughs) Unfortunately, though, they play 72 holes, and that back nine on Sunday just kind of got to them. Uh, Door was open. Uh, Tony Finau, who... You know, on Sunday morning, I did not expect him to be really in contention, but he came out, shot 64. Max Homa, he was someone who was going to be in contention, likely. Uh, He was only two back of the lead to start the day. He shot a 66. Um, Could have been a 65. He had about a three-foot putt on the last hole, 18th green. Hit a great shot in there. Had a three-foot putt to win. And unfortunately, he... Uh, maybe maybe a little bit of pull, maybe a little bit of a fan. Hit. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to go to the tape on that one. Uh, went to a playoff. The tenth hole was awesome. We'll get into that in detail. Yep. They both yep. tied there, and then the par three fourteenth they went to. Homa hit a great shot onto the green. Fina hit it with the bunker. Failed to go up and down. Homa made yep. his two putt for the win. Huge win, hometown win for Max Homa. Uh, You know, it does so many things for him. Gets him into the Masters, gets him into the WGC next week, uh, gets him right back into the center of Kevin's heart. Um, (laughs) Oh, he never left that. (laughs) (laughs) All good things. So, Kev, I think think you're our resident Max Homa. Yes fanatic i think we all like the guy but but you're the one that that really keeps him close to the heart uh how was it for you today it was extremely extremely stressful um <laughs> my my whole family gave me a little bit of a, a buffer i think they just let me putter in the kitchen watching my watching my golf and yeah i was i mean i was following them all day right from you know the early wake up with the kids um yeah finished his i believe last five holes of Mm -hmm. his third round this morning um did that in even par uh and then came out and and you know made birdies early went out and for a while there it looked like he might be in the final group um yeah but just the way the ties worked out he wasn't he was in the second honestly i don't even know why because him and dj both finished in the same group with the same score so i'm not sure how they dj that out dj teed off that round first and that's okay. why okay uh, of all weird things yeah yeah anyway i i like the group i texted you guys in the morning he was playing max was playing with uh taylor gooch who's he's a good buddy mm-hmm. of um mm. in the penultimate group so oh, nice. i think nice. i think that was a pretty cozy uh pairing for him and yeah i mean it was a super exciting uh final round he he played pretty much flawlessly until well, that last free. little you know, he, yeah, bogey free, uh, bogey free in all, I guess, 23 holes he played today. Um, and I think right. bogey free over his last 26 holes of the tournament. Um, and yeah, other than, you know, missing that birdie putt on 18, which was only as close as it was because he had a br- two brilliant shots to get to that spot. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a little nervy, but um, yeah, other than that, I mean, what can you say? He played, he played great. Uh, and well, I chase, mean, you know, with that birdie putt, there, 
there was it was much more talk of like making sure you made par like going into the hole it was more like oh like is he gonna hold on to make par and then until his second shot and then it was like oh my goodness no like yeah. this is his to win now yeah that the second shot was unbelievable for sure yeah, yeah. Ke- kevin i mean so he was in the playoffs with fee now who you mentioned a lot on the podcast it is, it is one of your boys so was there any bit of you that's like you know, if Homa can't get this, like, of all the people in the field, is kind of my second, my 1B, maybe. Like, how, how, how are you resolving Coping. that in a conflict? Yeah. Well, you know, it really wasn't that big of a dilemma <laughs> for me. Oh. I, was, I was pulling hard for Homa. Finau's going to be fine. Finau, uh, he comes second every is, week. Is it's just another, this, is, this is his third straight second. Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah. Tony Finau is a top 15 player in the world, top 20, top 15. Um, Max Homa, this will what, did I even see what he moved up yeah, to? Yeah, he's he, up to he's... 38th in the world with this. Okay. I think, That's yeah. huge. So, yeah, it's an, you know, it's an um, But going into status. this, he would have been 70s, 80s, somewhere around there. I believe I he went from 91 to 38 with yeah, us. Okay. It's an elevated status event, so it comes with extra FedEx Cup points and extra world ranking points. Um, and yeah, that's ultimately, for like for me... Uh, other than being a big fan of Homa, it also came down to the fact that this does so much more for Max than it does for mm-hmm. Tony. Tony's already qualified for everything um, with this win, you know, as opposed to a second place for Max, it's a huge difference. So, and and not only that, but you know, if you're watching the coverage, they alluded it to time and time again. But this is a hometown tournament for Max. It's one that's like super near and dear to his heart. Yeah. Um, we all, I think, I think we all listened to his podcast with Shane Bacon. Um, he had talked about it. I think they they started doing their podcast shortly before this tournament last year, and so he talked okay. about being in contention in this tournament last year and how much that meant to him and how you mm-hmm. know how much she felt the nerves and everything. And and then in his post round conference today, he uh, he talked about how important that was that he has been. Well, in contention he got choked up too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, talking about the city of champions, the the Lakers and the Dodgers, and you know, you can tell you're such a big sports fan because he's such a fan of those guys, and and he's just like he he and and me and like just choking that out, like he's like, (laughs) yeah, "Yeah, like I'm one of those guys people are fans of now. Yeah, and you know, like like me being a a major Tiger fanatic too. He grew up doing the same thing, and Mm -hmm. he alluded how awesome it was. He says he's been trying to get a high five from Tiger at the (laughs) yeah at Riviera for a decade, and now he's handing him a trophy. So, yeah, it's all cool. It's it's just I couldn't be happier for the guy. We talked about him a few times over the past few weeks here. Um, You know, obviously the American American Express. He had a poor final round there, Mm -hmm. playing in the final final group. group. Yeah. Yeah. and this, you know, it, it just kind of came full circle here. And like I say, couldn't be happier for him. Um, so do you, do you think with time that putt on 18 is just kind of forgotten? Like it, it, it could have gone so bad if he lost a playoff. But since he did, like we can talk about the playoff in detail. Amazing, like recovery on 10. But yes, I, I, whole... think, I think if you lose that putt is stays in your memory. Like if, yeah, if he didn't win the effects, playoff, I think because yeah. he won the playoff, that putt fades into the background. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally think so, agree. which is incredible. Yeah, um, but he he also spoke to this that part of how he recovered mentally after missing that putt for the playoff was to think about all the things he did right to put himself in that position. Like, you know, at the start of the day, if he were to be in a playoff 
to try to win the thing, he'd be happy. So um, you had spoken about how his wife said to, what was it, forgive quickly? Forgive um, quickly, yeah. Forgive quickly, which is just a great outlook on life uh, because there's no point in beating yourself up for something that's already happened. Uh, but I, I think for me, so like I think all of us are Fino fans as well. Um, yeah, it's true. And, and I think we, we should get into the details of what happened a bit more, but I think it also makes it easier. Like if Fino had been in... Um, Sam Burns' position and like led yes, all the way yeah. through this tournament That's a big, yeah. into the final round and then fallen off. I think I think it'd be harder to swallow. But like he came from nowhere and shot a sixty four today and yeah. anything if he had snuck away with a win here that's gravy but like it, it was a good Sunday performance for him. Oh, absolutely! Finau played incredible today. I don't until the playoff. I don't think he missed a putt inside ten feet. Like he was putting lights out yeah. today. He was making everything yeah. he looked at. I think and he, he had, got a little bit hosed because that one bogey he had on 15, 15 uh, was about a, a, he got caught in that fairway bunker. Yeah. Uh, it was like a foot from being an absolutely perfect drive. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he did everything he had to do today. And then back that up with two birdies. And then mm -hmm. just uh, his approach, uh, both him and Max had huge, huge drives on 18. But Finau's approach was just kind of a little bit like you, you kind of more have to go centered green there, right? And he, but he, that's he, also like that. That's why I get a little bit frustrated with this course because that's that's you're uphill above. Like you think that should kick, um, but 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 they keep they always talk about the Kikuya. Yeah, it's it just lands so soft, and, and he's a fader, soft. right? So the yeah. more it fades, yeah, the more yeah. it's gonna go away. So I, I kind of understand it, but yeah. the, the one he shot I had, it, he I had highlighted short too, right? Yeah, like, well, I, I, of, it was yeah. a miss hit. I think. Yeah. You didn't see you didn't see balls like bouncing from yeah, yeah, the yeah. rough onto the green there. Yeah. But he went up and down, which is he did. They were mentioning yeah. like it's not an easy up and down by any means. The one no. shot I had highlighted here was seventeen, the par five. Uh, his second shot there. Uh, they had a good shot tracker on it, um, but it was he was off to the left side of the fairway, and he had to he had to he's a natural fader of the ball. He had to yeah, bring it right it. to left. Yeah. And he, he put himself in a great spot to have, you know, a fairly easy up and down to make his birdie. Um, like, those are the shots that I think sometimes, because it's not as flashy, where, like, you really stick one right next to the pin. Yeah. I mean, those yeah. are the shots that make guys like Tony Finau great. Um, oh, totally. Because that, then he has, a, he has a pretty low sweat birdie. Yeah, yeah. Um, because of that, yeah, he didn't hit a great drive. You know, obviously he was in the rough. And when when I saw that shot tracker, I thought he overcooked it for sure. He yeah, overhooked it just because yeah. of how much it was swinging. Yeah. Um, but that was the side to miss it on, right? Yeah. That he he it was a smart shot. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you, Craig. That his charge on Sunday is going to be digested a lot differently from him having that Burns position. But like, I don't know if this is now the time to talk about the playoff. But yeah, yeah. yeah. After the tee shots on ten, it was like. How does Homa come back? How does be now a not birdie or like how does Homa possibly even go up and down? You know, well, I mean, that's a tough birdie. That hole's a tough birdie regardless. Um, but yeah, I mean, Fino, Fino, which it's one that well, I think he feels like he should get up and down from where he put his yeah, from where he was. You, you to win the tournament, you have to get up and down. You definitely hope he can. I mean, Homa almost got up and down from where he was. So. Mm -hmm. Which okay, so I mean, talk. Let's talk about that shot because that was unreal. I think that's the shot of the tournament. Uh, yeah, his shot. Yes. So he he off the tee on ten. Uh, he was looked like snookered, he was totally snookered yeah. against a tree. It looked like the first shot they showed us. It looked like he was actually like up against the trunk. Uh, once and he was going to have to go like sideways or backwards. Yeah. 
once we saw a little bit more, he was able to get like a hooded uh, lob wedge or something onto it and hit it. Just a fantastic little chip shot. Yeah. Kind of all hands, all feel, just kind of scooped it, like scooped his hands over and was able to get it. It was yeah, yeah, a real Craig Bafty-like awesome. shot. <laughs> you know what? That kind of speaks to, uh, you know, his, he's t- talked a lot over the past month or so about his mental approach and how it's, it's very process-based and you can't really be um, hung up on results because golf is a fickle game and it's a process the, game. the 10th hole is of riviera is as he's alluded to in his post round stuff you know he likes maybe there should be a little chaos in golf he says and and i essentially he, he says he had a good shot off the tee there you're pretty much aiming to end up right around where tony mm-hmm. was um and he's he said he pulled it maybe five yards off his line and he ends up just in jail so yeah you can't you can't go up there and be all dejected about it. You go up there and he he went up there and he, you know, seemingly figured this is what I got to do now and and stepped up and did it. He didn't pout about it. Like you know, I think there's a fair number of guys that would get kind of mentally beat before they even attempted the shot there. So yeah. you mm-hmm. got to give him credit for that. Yeah. But after after he missed that putt because he was away. Um, yeah. After they both got on the green, Kevin, like you said. Uh, Tony Finau was putting his li- like the lights out today. I yeah. thought Tony was going to make that birdie putt for sure. It didn't like it, it was. It was. I don't think those are putts putt. are as easy. Like it's a tough totally. downhill weight and line. Like uh, yeah. yeah, I 100 percent agree. I just thought that he like it was his. It was all coming up Tony. I mean, like it, yeah, it just yeah. seemed like it, it was felt like happening. it felt like all the breaks were gonna be him then getting that win. At oh that yeah, because you get that huge lip out on eighteen for Max. You get the in jail and like okay, Tony, like here, man, it's it's yeah, your chance. Yeah. Like yeah, get that I mean those putts are back. a little harder to make when it's like here, here you go, it's your chance. Absolutely, get the monkey off your back. Yeah. Thirty six top <laughs> yeah. tens without a win. Here you go, everyone. Tony. Everyone's watching. <laughs> and then so so the next hole, little par four or little par three there. Uh, I mean not little, I guess, but uh, he pulls his uh, you know maybe overcooks a draw. I guess is, is a little bit more what it was uh, into the bunker. And then yeah. I thought his bunker shot actually was better than the result. Uh, it looked like it looked like that was about you know a foot or two feet in the landing area from being you know right yeah, up next to right. the pin. Yeah. Um, and ultimately both of them missed their putts. But those again like. I think Finau's was 10 foot something. Like those are less than 50, 50 shots. Like those are yeah. not putts you're expected to make. It's, and they're it, really, they're really a combination of line and speed. Like yeah, Max yeah. played his, like he, he didn't hit it hard enough essentially for the line he chose and missed it low. And then Finau had just seen that and he hit it a little harder and he blew it past the break. So, so. I, I think there's a couple asterisks. Like I agree it is less than 50 or whatever the stats say, but it's also what the hottest player at that time on the, on the course and a, a pretty good read. Like, well, I don't think Adam Scott was anywhere near the girl. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, but you know what I mean? So he's got like, there, there are things going for him that yeah, yeah. I was more surprised by a miss than I would have been by a make. Uh, for with Tony's putt, with Tony's putt, yeah, with, yeah. with Max's, as and, and I think it also just sure. you're kind of you don't want it to end that way. So like I, I felt like I I wanted it to go in and to then go to the next hole because winning with a par, yeah, it, it seems a little different than like going out and like snatching a birdie on the last hole. You for know? sure, like well, you I wish think Max would have preferred that if, putt. If, yeah, 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 exactly. Either of those putts, <laughs> um, but 
by the end, I was, I was, I had, I feel like my blood pressure was high enough. I was, I was just happy it ended with him getting the win. And you get a little bit spoiled with like Morikawa JT playoff and like Rom DJ with like them dropping bombs. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, one was exactly. Like, okay, yeah, in for par. That's a win. Both yeah. those guys played just phenomenal golf on Sunday. You know, they they deserved. Yes. They both deserved to be in a playoff, and and they both deserved really to have putts to win. Um, it's too bad nobody made really one of the putts to win. But um, at the end of the day, I think it came down to the the two best players of Sunday for sure. So. Yeah, because yeah. they won 66-64. The, the course is only one stroke under par on Sunday. Like, it, yeah. it was not a birdie fest at all. They just played crazy good. Yeah, like yeah. you said. Yeah. Now, I, I think the other clear story of the week uh, was was Sam Burns. And, yeah. And, you know, that's the one. I, I don't know if you guys caught any of his. Obviously, they didn't have his interview right afterwards. But I, I caught a little bit of it on Golf Channel later on. Um, but he, I mean, the the final scores were that they Holma and Finau tied out with twelve. Uh, Burns was at at thirteen under through through nine. Uh, oh, yeah, just, yeah, just really yeah. had to get into the house. Um, yeah, t- tough. I mean, after he got that break on twelve, twelve, he still made a bogey, but he hit a ball that should have been out of bounds. He and it sprayed kicked back his... in. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. And, and I almost felt out. like I didn't want him to win at that point because, like, he. he I mean, everyone gets bounces, I guess, but it's just like, uh, you deserved probably a double bogey at least, like maybe a triple. Um, So, uh, but just a tough, tough back nine, tough collapse. It was almost almost like he knew how lucky he had gotten and sort of was like, okay. Deflated. (laughs) He was deflated. But really, it was that, that was the turning point because I think he hit a loose. First bogey of the day for him. Yeah, I think he hit a loose drive on... 13 and ended up in the same spot tony did in the bunker um on 15 there yeah 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 Yeah, on 15 yeah um and then ended up right actually after that and had a like zero green to work with yeah i think he had a big a big drive on 17 but really after that one on 12 he had a few loose swings there where he he didn't you know he he was he did well to make par i think in a couple situations so well he he had three bogeys from two 12 13 14 15 he had three bogeys over those four holes uh, yeah and, and it's just i mean yeah it's just tough it's 24 year old who has not won yet who has all the talent in the world um it, it's hard to see this because you kind of want to see him when he's led for so long in the tournament to take this one home uh but you know it's it's he'll learn from this it's uh, part of the learning experience he'll learn sure. how it feels on sunday when you are in control of the tournament and you should win it and hopefully he, he adjusts to that better next time it is now, funny think- though because uh like Ma- uh, tony got in first with his 12 under and then max were like okay he's gonna set the bar at 13 and burns is behind him in the final group so you're like kind of counting okay well now he's got to go eagle birdie and like oh mm-hmm. he didn't get it he only got a birdie i'm like oh wait now he just has a birdie 18. Like he, yeah, he's still yeah. in. Like he had yeah. so many chances to still be in it because of how well he played uh, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. And, and, and part of today too. And yeah. part of Sunday. But I mean, he went out in minus four yeah. on the front nine. 31. Like that's, yeah. that's playing with the lead. That's mm-hmm. awesome. With DJ in your group. With DJ. I mean, I mean, everyone before this day started thought DJ was going to just hunt down these guys, I think. Oh, yeah. What is, DJ I, was the favorite. So like personally, really? I yeah, felt going like into the day DJ was the favorite. He was yeah, he, I think he, he was, was just, at, it was slight, but he was he was no, I favorite. think he was at like one fifty and Burns was at three fifty. Oh sorry, I, I mean on I mean on uh, 
data golf percentage to win. Oh, um, okay, okay. I'm but, talking about betting. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it almost felt like I was like a little bit bored. Like come the turn, I was like, man, it's just going to be like a Burns kind of cruising it because he was playing so solidly. Like yeah. it, it felt like there was times where like there was a door, you know, there's door open to make a bogey or something and he he'd do a really good job getting up and down or um, like that flub he hit on 10. Uh, so he was off to the, to the left where, where Homa ended up um, and he, he had a fine, yeah. fine path out and just flubbed his chip. And then he managed to go up and down to save his par. It just felt like, like he was going to be able to get through all the trouble, the, all the obstacles that were thrown at them. And then it just, it just, the wheels came but- off. Like, so Max went a very long time without a bogey and Sam was kind of doing that as well. But Sam's were like, it seemed like eight, nine footers. All Max's are like one, two footers. And it's like, well, one of these is more sustainable yeah, than the other. Totally. Like Sam was kind of running out of like his luck or not his luck, but his, his ability to kind of stay bogey free was. Well, and yeah, just to keep like, the momentum going. It's tough to be making like 10, 12 footers for every, par. Every hole. Yeah. Every that time. was so Max missed a. A birdie putt. I want to say it was on 16. Um, he hit one in tight there, and he missed a. Yeah, he missed a birdie Fino putt. Because made one there. And oh, the exact same putt on yeah, the par yeah. three. Yes. And yeah. at that point, it you know he it did not look like he was going. It looked like he might have to do do a little work to to. Yeah. It looked like Fina might yeah. be a little bit further ahead. Um, but I was thinking like there's there's worse things in the world than a stress-free par on that hole and just being yeah. able to tap it. Like, yes, a, a Miss Birdie putt doesn't help, but he, he had a lot of those sort of stress-free pars. Well, Max was hitting the ball so well tee to green. And he was, like, he alluded, again, he alluded to it in his post-round stuff, but he was trying to miss in all the right spots if he did miss. And, and that's, that's what he did. That's why I didn't make bogeys. So yeah. the, the other thing I think it's important to mention is, like, Burns was only, it was only even... There's only even a chance that Burns didn't win today because Homa and Finau played so well. Like there is a yeah, there's yeah, another yeah. narrative where Burns, even though he made Neither three of those guys are close on the back nine, yeah, like nobody's even close. Yeah, those guys really went deep today to chase yeah. him down. Because either of those guys, if you told them they were going to get to minus twelve starting the day, they would have taken it for sure. You know? Oh yeah, yes. Now golf is funny because it's one of these sports where I don't think you. You don't need to look the part, you know, like you could be a great golfer and, you know, maybe like a Harry Higgs is a good example, but like Sam Burns looks the part, like Sam Burns looks like a professional athlete and, and like, he looks like the kind of guy who's going to be winning a lot of golf tournaments. And, and so, it, you know, Adam had mentioned hit, I forget if it was on our sleeper show. I think it was on yeah. our sleeper show, uh, that like, this is a guy who's going to be getting a win soon. And, and it, it, you know, it would have been nice if it was this one, but I, I still feel like like the the stock is pointing up with with uh, yeah, absolutely. And I got I got some good little nuggets for, for <laughs> okay. Let's let's hear them. Okay, someone else in his group, Dustin Johnson. We kind of touched on him briefly. What do you think about like just how flat he came out today? What, like, what are you guys' thoughts on DJ? So I I mean. T- I mean, what are you doing making a five on the first hole? First off, if you're if you're Dustin oh, Johnson, you um, now I was looking at that though, and so the play. I don't know if you guys saw that, but the play he had, he took like a flatter, uh, like a, a less loft on his chip. I think what he was, I think he was playing for it to land softly on that collar, 
Like, because they always talk about this Kikuya yeah. and how soft, how grabby it is. I think essentially he was playing for that to like, to be like a soft bounce and then like have a roll and trickle on it. And it just like, it hit it hard and came out as if it was not this soft Kikuya. Um, but regardless of that, he, I mean, he was 34 on the front still. He yeah. was flat, but like, that's, yeah. that's not that bad. He's one under, he's still... It kind of position. got away from him a little bit on the back, but at that point he was kind of like Burns was Burns was pulling away. Burns was four under, starting yeah. with a two shot yeah. lead. So you know DJ was losing ground. Well, um, nine ten DJ went bogey bogey. That yeah. was around the time he hit the tree. Um, yeah, and that was sort of the like that was well, the that, end. that was that. Yeah, I mean ultimately DJ's going to be right in the mix in the next tournament he decides to play in. It's not like I'm worried about DJ or anything. It's just I'm, it was I don't those, know. Like a, maybe this he, is maybe this is the precipice. No, his last on, win guys. wasn't come convincing, on. Kevin. <laughs> we, we don't need to argue about group. whether DJ is going to be still relevant next week. <laughs> no, but I I do think one of the one of the interesting stats that I heard uh, this was the first time since this tournament last year that he had a Sunday round over par. Yeah, um, that's true. So oh. I mean, yes, we're not worried about DJ's long term. Uh, you know whether whether DJ is lost it um but it's just more yeah the magic's not going to be there every week luckily i've already used him in the one and done you you guys are screwed (laughs) yeah stock down on dj uh the other guy in that group i believe is fitzpatrick uh dominated in the wind lowest apex player on tour that's a little nugget for you guys keeps it low um but kind of disappeared early uh didn't really pull anything together i mean where do you end up he ended up T5, T- T5. He shot even, even on the day. Yeah. So he, he was up and down through the front nine. He had three bogeys, three birdies, and then just straight pars through the back nine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think Fitzpatrick's the kind of guy that when it was blowing like it was on Saturday, he's grinding out, what it was, he three under through his round at that point. Um you know, perfect conditions. Maybe it's yeah. more of a, a ball strikers course than it is the grinder and the putters course. So yeah. something, something about Fitzpatrick's day too, is he wasn't able to tee off 18 yesterday evening. And so had to come back in the morning yes. to play 18. Yeah. Um, ended up bogeying, but that kind of throws your whole day off too, you know, to get oh, okay. up and I mean, play one hole. Wake up. Yeah, like, like hours. No, they, they did mention how, how with Tony, he was able to finish yesterday, so he didn't have to get up and come play anything in the morning. So, yeah, it pushed his wake up way back and kind of is more like a normal day. Um, but, but, I mean, I think that was a, as well. So Right, but I, I just think it was a bit of a, a bad way for Fitzpatrick to start the day, yeah, I guess. Yeah. You start with a bogey, you fall one further back, and um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have to do ne- kind of a... It. A full warm up for one hole to get a bogey, then you have to go like eat something and warm up again. Like that's just yeah. that's a yeah. grind. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think the only other guy that really seemed to have a chance of snatching a lead was Cam Smith late on Sunday. Yeah, he he played great. Honestly, I'm so himself. impressed by Cam Smith because like he just rocks that penguin wear or, 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 the mullet. What, what I love the penguin you? stuff. I do. Me too. <laughs> There's just something like he seems like one of these guys 
I, there's, I feel like we can describe it better than this, but he's just a gamer. Like, he's not someone I would want to play against late in the tournament. Like, I forget who it was, but someone mentioned it on the broadcast that, like, he's the type of guy that loves to be in the situation where, it, where the it's like your stress, your high stress competitive. And, like, yeah. you can kind of just see that watching him. And you would hate to play against that kind of guy. You're like, I'm miserable here trying to yeah. get through this. And yeah. you're just loving every second of it. It's, it's um, kind of like, it, it feels like you're going to see him in a green jacket one day. Does yeah, it not? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I like think that. he has major championship game. Yeah. And, and I think too. so. So this is something Homo was saying in his post game uh, that he he's kind of coming to the realization that he plays his best at hard courses. And I think Cam Smith is another example of that. Uh, I, yeah. You know, Adam and I were talking about this on one of our picks shows this week that there's there's guys you know there's kind of journeyman types that they'll make their hay on the birdie fest weeks when when you go out yeah, there yeah, and yeah. and you just are trying to go 20 under and then there's other guys that they may not be stars but still when they come to hard courses they're way more competitive than you think they would be uh and i, I think he's definitely one of those guys that is always going to play his best when conditions are tough and stress is high and all of those type of things I think guys guys that really have complete games are able to do that. You know, guys that can work the ball both ways, that have solid Good short, short game. games. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they are the guys that rise to the top on the hard courses for sure. He just seems like one of these guys where, like, if I was a PGA pro, I'm going out with, like, Rory and DJ and Cam Smith, and, you know, like, they're flashy, they're bombing it, and it's like... Cam Smith is kind of nonchalant, like, oh, what did you shoot at the end of the day? He's like, oh, 65. Like, what? Like, you beat all of us? Like, <laughs> well, and then so think about 17. That hole is super long for a par five, uh, you know, for yeah, PGA yeah. Tour players. We had, what, DJ, Sam Burns, Tony Finau. You know who got on in two was Cam Smith. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of guys were, like, just over the back or, you know, well, just the, off to the left. Oh, he's 16 yeah, but, feet away. But, like, Burns came up short, DJ came up short, Finau pulled, you know, like, Cam Smith's the one that knocked it down the middle of the fairway and then knocked it onto the green. Like, yeah, Burns also hit a four iron. Yeah, all short. I'm saying is that <laughs> Cam Smith, like, you don't think of him as, I don't know. There's no, just, I love it. I love he, it. He's, he's got enough distance, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not really worried that he's too bunt to be out there or anything like it's that. It's like at the start of the day when Fitzpatrick pulled that seven wood on the par three. <laughs> DJ's no, but I guess what I mean like, is you think of you think of like only like the guys who are bombers really having yeah. advantages there. But these guys who are more gamers, they can still like all they have to do is put two good shots together and they'll be right yeah. there with the bombers. Yeah. Well, I even think yeah. about that with somebody like Webb, you know, Webb seems to be able to get on it too when he has to. And you don't think of him as a super long hitter. He's, yeah. a, he's a gamer for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing with the Sunday is like the classic another backdoor finishes from these stars rom hovland molinari like all came to t5 t8 like that's they yeah. collect another paycheck like they never really yeah. were in it at any point but another top win points well, i think rom especially shows so not being in it i mean um yeah well rom and, yeah and hovland really like i mean six, they won 66 67 they were never really close enough but yeah well hovland yeah i guess i mean more like earlier in the tournament like rom mm. Oh, had been sure, around sure. around par. I think Hovland went the other way at one point because first round I think he was he was in decent shape. He was, he was two uh, under after two rounds. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rom though came out and shot sixty six today. Um, 
he looked he was four under through six holes like for a while it was like is rom gonna like try to compete in this tournament like what's <laughs> yeah no it's just it's what the yeah, yeah do. just classic top five golfer stuff i don't have much to say about them they're really good <laughs> eventually <laughs> yeah. it, it averages out right and, and you know what molinari good bounce back uh because he had a he had an ugly yeah. last few days there at pebble and so this is his home course and um i think kevin it's the classic post picking someone for one and done coming back to get a good well, paycheck the next I, week. <laughs> I gotta say i heard that i didn't know at the time when i picked him for my one and done last week but he didn't have his regular caddy oh so he's having to do either. all his numbers himself i didn't know so wait checking either. notes for later in the show does that mean i should look at bubba for the wgc kevin's <laughs> one and done or i think you should play bubba in the wgc <laughs> Okay, talking about stars. Stars that missed so, the cut. So just okay. r- real quick before we get into the guys that missed the cut, uh, another showing from Spieth. Uh, Jordan Spieth still plays golf. Um, yep. And until, you know, I think it was sometime when the, in the wind yesterday. He, he was in second place at some point yesterday. So uh, he, I don't know. Like last week, you guys were still maintaining that he's not back. Are you willing to... Are you well, willing what, to... What is back? Define yeah, back. What I, is I think you're putting definition? words in my mouth. Okay, well, uh, I... Yeah, I, so I agree he's not back. He's not going to be a three-time major winner, number one in the world. But I, I think that... I think the corner is turned and he's going to be competing uh, or, like, playing well on a week-to-week basis. I don't so need to I see agree, more I, is what I'm saying. I agree, but I, I don't think his game is... Like, a lot of things need to go right for him to win. I think a lot of things are going right for him to compete. But that happens but, for everyone in golf. Like, but yeah, he they used have to, to win, help. like, all the time. Like, I'm not, well, like, Kevin grabbed the Masters outright. I, I'm not there yet. He he dominates that course, but I think he still needs to hit fairways, which he's not doing. Like, he's he does these miraculous things every every day. I mean, yeah. I, I, I did grab that outright. I'm surprised you're bringing this up. I was the one who said exactly what you're saying right now, Craig. I said that last week. That I he think... is stopping words in your mouth. <laughs> he, I can't believe you I, think I, Jordan I agree. He's not sucks all the way, you know, He's not all the way back to polished, like, peak Jordan Spieth, but he's playing good enough that he can flash and he can compete in these tournaments yeah, yeah. for sure. So um, we'll see where he takes it. Yeah. Okay, just wanted to just wanted to check that one off. Got to get the Jordan Speed <laughs> taken. Okay, fine. As I was going to say, the stars that missed the cut. I said in our halfway show on YouTube, I said it's the red wedding, Riviera red wedding with JT, Rory, Bryson. <laughs> the, I felt like it starks. wasn't a great joke at the time, and <laughs> I'm doubling down the on it. Starks <laughs> missing the cut. <laughs> come on that's great. Um, I mean, any quick thoughts on? <laughs> come come on. on, that's great. Come on. Well, I had, I picked JT to win, so um, you know. What was the was, what was the rationale there? I thought that he had been playing well. Um, you know, he got himself in position at waste management, and then his he you know he got the news about his grandfather sure. the yeah. Saturday night, and was clearly wasn't really focused on the Sunday. You know, had other things on his mind, as we can all understand. Um, but I thought ultimately his golf game was in good shape, and that he might, you know, having having you know gone through his grieving and everything that he might come back and and have a little bit of extra motivation but um yeah no like not at all he his game i don't know if it's not in shape or i i didn't get to see any of it on thursday but that's where he lost it essentially he he um what was he six over after yeah he was was pretty much out of it so um yeah i i noticed a lot of talk on the uh on your guys's show though on 
Thursday night about how Rory was for sure going to be making his the cut. Oh, and speaking of putting words in alive. someone's mouth, Craig, let's hear your. So, well, for, I mean, first off, I picked all of these guys. You know, I didn't pick any of these guys in in DFS, so I'll stand by my my tournament long take. But then, yeah, I, I came out and and said Rory was a good play in showdown because I think he that was. anytime, still anytime one of these stars goes, you know, is not in is is way down the leaderboard they get totally under owned i mean you saw from rom today uh they get totally under owned in showdown and then they're just as likely to go out there and have a good tournament yeah like it 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 didn't work with rory on friday but man i'll i'll, I'll continue to make that play um, shame yeah, on so, you for not predicting one round of golf craig how dare yeah, you shame like, on you sorry for like the <laughs> worst <shame>. round <laughs> i think we've seen from rory's short game and in years Game of but... Thrones reference shame, <laughs> shame. <laughs> um yeah and so, so my original rationale essentially was less so that I actually expected these three to miss the cut and more just I felt like so DJ has been playing so well that it just felt like his floor was basically what we saw from him um yeah, I think that's kind of right and you know it, it didn't quite work out because I had lumped Rom in with those guys but uh um, yeah, no, I, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what, you know, these next few weeks, I think the Florida swing is a pretty comfy one, you know, for Rory. Uh, I, I don't know how JT spends a ton of time down there. Is he, is he, his residence there now? Um, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Probably I mean, I, I know typically Florida is where a lot of these guys make bank for the year. Um, so I, I think this, could, these the next, side, this right? next month leading up to the Masters is going to be very interesting to follow these three to see what what their form looks like. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised by Bryson a little bit, but, you know, we'll see. I, I kind of have Bryson as the quickest turnaround. Well, he got he sorted it out on the range there on Thursday night, so he's good. Yeah, he's all good. He was, he's I mean, he was the only one who looked, he, he obviously, he had too much ground to make up. He was the only one that actually looked good the next day. Yeah, yeah that's true. So... Are we going to talk about the kind of craziness that was Saturday at Riviera? Do you want to talk about the, the wind? The, the, the wind delay. Yeah. So, I mean, t- kicking off, uh, Craig, you're talking or you're talking about one today with Dustin on because Dustin was in Max's group on Saturday, right? One of the last groups I think to yep. go out on yep. one. Max hits it to the like far left. It seems like on one, and the wind put they they cut to DJ because DJ's playing right away. As DJ hits, Max is like rolled thirty feet, like right beside the pin. Well, like was, that's that's a little bit of a stretch, Max. It, it was like he he played a cut in there, and it was kind of taking yeah. the slope down because that whole the whole yeah. green slopes that way. Um, but it definitely got a good ten foot rollout from like that's a great look at Eagle to like that almost went in. But we it, it, it was like a weird combination of like the wind, but also the camera cutting away. Cause yeah. we're like, we're like, I guess it's going to settle there. They, they know it's going to settle or what's well, happening. And then like fall though was like when DJ shot, he's like, Oh my, Oh my God. Look at Max's ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was crazy. So we had, I mean, Keegan Bradley put off the green on 10, like yeah, that between was the bunkers. JB Holmes hats flying and his balls flying. So they called it um craig i i don't know if you want to talk about i feel like you're disappointed with the call i I was super disappointed and i mean to be fair at that point the i I agree that the call was right and it had to happen because if you're if the ball is not going to stay on the green you can't play golf Uh, ultimately they said it was a safety issue too right which is 
That's a bunch of baloney, if you ask me. I mean, so I shouldn't say that. I I didn't see any reason that it had to stop because of safety issues. Well, they um, said they had a piece of communication equipment fall close to some volunteers yeah, or so, some players uh, or something. Yeah, and, and I and I don't dispute that that happened. Um, and, and you know what? <laughs> I guess the the problem I have is if if the re, if the one of the major reasons they're stopping it is because these greens aren't holding the ball like what did they do to the course like did they cut and roll that morning did they soak yes, these greens yes. yeah they that's what I, that's what i thought i heard they said they cut and rolled that morning so yes. like those wins were exactly what was forecast so essentially they went into the day with the plan that essentially they're going to stop the tournament because of the wind and so it, or otherwise if if you know that this 20 mile an hour ish wind that that has gusts that are forecast to 35 if you know that's going to be blowing the ball around in the green then soak your greens the night before and leave them you know like maybe yeah. you have to roll them or like maybe you have to do something so that they're not playing on on you know uh, so they're playing on some kind of fresh green but you don't need to continue to make your greens as fast as they can be if you're going to have problems with balls rolling around on them so, well, so i agree with say- didn't they say today too that they didn't cut them today? Yeah, I think they just rolled them today because they were worried about the wind when there was like no wind forecast yeah. <laughs> today. Like <laughs> it's like they, they like yeah for sure. Uh, it, it just seems to me like that could have been pro- one of the best few hours of golf thus far that you know so far this year, and they just they they put themselves in a position where it wasn't even a, a possibility. I, I agree 99%. I think the one thing I would say is looking back at the forecast, I think they did get peaks of like 45 miles per hour of gust. Yeah. So that might be like a 10 mile per hour difference where it would blow the ball. I don't know. Um, but they, yeah, everything was laid out in front of them that this was going to happen. And they, yeah. and ultimately, if it like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not behind the scenes. If it was purely about player safety, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. You know, like if there's if there's concerns about things blowing over or branches sure. blowing yeah. off, I'm totally fine with them not being on the course. Like it's freaking golf. We don't need people actually being in in life dangerous situations. But if it's just they're saying that, be, but it's actually about. Uh, you know the the quality of play and and the yeah. fact that the the ball is rolling around the greens. Then like they made a mistake leading up to that. That yeah. the ball. Well, I don't around. know when when you texted me or we were talking and you said you wanted to see some carnage. I didn't know you wanted to see guys getting like <laughs> branches like real carnage. I think that was all. Listen, they've got insurance companies sponsoring these tournaments. What's wrong? <laughs> um, okay. I, I, I think the last thing we talk about in this main section, which I think is most of our podcast now, is uh, we kind of got a, a little taste of Tiger today. And I'll pass it over to the guy That's wearing the sneak TW peek. on his hat. Um, what did you think of Tiger in general? Uh, I'm not going to say it was like super reassuring when I saw it at Tiger. He, he looked a little dejected. Um, there, there's a lot of painkiller takes. There's a lot of... Uh... Yeah, there's a few memes going out there about... <laughs> Tiger's luck there that yeah. he was rocking when he was doing his interview. Um, maybe maybe sampling that Maui Wowie. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't know. It, it didn't fill me with optimism that he's going to be in peak form in April. That's for yeah. sure. Oh, at peak form, I don't know if he's going to be able to play. That, yeah, that yeah. was well, my I, I was yeah, I was going for a little understatement there, but yeah, it it, well, it didn't fill me with optimism. Let's just leave it at that, I guess. I think the other thing, like opt, it doesn't fill you with optimism about 
the Masters in, you know, a month and a half. Uh, I, th I think the reality is that the amount of high-level golf from Tiger, like, the, the clock is ticking, you know? Uh, well, didn't he and, and I say think that's... that? I think, yeah, I think that's very true. I, I think that most people can accept that at this point. Did, did I hear this? Or did he say, like, this is his last kind of go at it back surgery kind of and then like well essentially he can't continue he can't keep having surgeries on his back no, no. Uh, so yeah. i i think in in some ways you know maybe maybe this will be like the last time he gets himself recovered from this surgery goes through the full rehab to get back in like you know i always come back to the andrew luck thing because that's that's one of the times i saw the mental an emotional toll that rehabbing takes on an athlete, but like it's an absolute grind for these guys, and and you sure. don't see it. You only see before the process, and then after they've gone through the process. But like it's just it, it's a constant grind for you know weeks and months to get back to what they have to, you know the the, yeah. the form they yeah. have to be in, the condition they have to be in to go out there and compete at, at their sport. And um, I mean Tiger Woods, I he needs eighty three. Like I think that's probably the one thing that. I I would think is keeping him coming back right now. I I I mean you have yeah. to think that eighteen is out of the out of the window. No, I think Kevin it disagrees. absolutely is. But uh, I think eighty three hey, is I'm the one. I'm never going to say it's impossible. It's Tiger. Maybe maybe he should be looking at like the Puerto Rico and the Barracuda and just kind of, just try to <laughs> knock off eighty three. He doesn't want to jinx himself with the Puerto Rico. Come on. <laughs> You guys have an alternate limited field event that uh, <laughs> you're looking to film. Uh, Come on. Like that? Don't disrespect Tiger like that. Okay, let's move into three stars. My third star for the week is Tony Finau. Ooh, uh, harsh. I know, Makes I know a little bit harsh. He's getting, he's getting the third star, but I, I, I mean, we talked about Tony in length. He, I just really feel like he needs to get the second win. It just, it's looming. It's looming every, like Kevin, like you said, this is three second place finishes in a row. It just looms larger and larger. He needs to get his second win. And you know what? I think it might come in a fashion like today. Maybe it was just a little bit too far back going into the day, but I think he could, you know, be a few shots back and charge and kind of snatch one from somebody. Yeah. Rather it's... than having to be the face of going into the final yes. round as the lead and, you know, right. all that. Alternatively, maybe he could just win one by like six and take the pressure yeah. off himself. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking too. Just run away with one. Yeah. 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 Second star, Sam Burns. And Sam Burns gets a second star because, uh, as we said, like he was leading for 65 holes. Like he was first round, second round, third round, as, Kev as Craig mentioned. Um, just couldn't get it done. The one stat I wanted to pull up. So this is his per round scoring ranks on the PGA Tour. So first round, he ranks fifth. Second round, he ranks fifth. Both around 67, 68 um, scoring average. We get to the third round. 178th. He drops to 71. And then fourth round, 134th. So fifth on Thursday and Friday to 178th and 134th. Those, like, I know sometimes we can cherry pick stats, but those are about three strokes difference. Like, if you look at his actual scoring averages, it just... It's weird. It's weird. I don't know what's happening. That is weird. Uh, I, what's happening is definitely target him for first round leader. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you're yeah. if you're looking for first round leader bets, or you just yeah, need a cut made. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's, it's an interesting stat. Um. You know, he is young, so uh, I don't know. There, there's a whole bunch of things that I think can come into play there. Um. 
tournaments being set up more difficult. I don't. I, he doesn't really seem like someone who should be doing that much worse on a difficult uh, setup than than. I think it is one. just that he's young. I think the long term outlook is very very positive for him. Yeah. First star, Max Homa. Uh, we talked about him in detail and I'm sure we can talk about him a little bit more. So I'll just kind of leave it at that first star, Max Homa. He went out and did what he needed to do. Great Sunday. Great playoff. He did it. He got his, his favorite tournament. Yeah. Won his favorite tournament. My yeah. wife, uh, you know, the, the early coverage, uh, of the end of the third round was on this morning and I had it on upstairs. Usually I'm not watching golf upstairs just because that's where we're civilized up there. Um, but I had it on in the morning and she was wondering why, why, DJ was shooting again because when they, when they came out, I don't know if you guys noticed, but their look was like spot on matching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, looked like he was DJ out there finishing the round today. Okay, okay. so I think we're gonna we're gonna shuffle things up a little bit on our podcast order here. We're gonna actually jump into kind of more of our Sunday soapbox. Um, I, I think we're still figuring out the name of this, but we're gonna go with "In Your Face with Kevin." Yeah, it's a working title. Yeah, <laughs> it's a working title. Yeah. So this is my uh, my center of the club face pie in the face moments of the week. So center of the club face this week is Max and his chipping on ten. So he had some unbelievable chips on ten this week. On Saturday, he put himself in the front right bunker and he was oh, short. I was trying to remember the Saturday one but I remember now and he was kind yes. of up against the right lip and he didn't he, anyway he went right at it he pulled off an unbelievable shot where he left himself below the hole yes um on like a, a green where you see guys go back and forth all and the essentially time. Like, he had to carry like it was one of these ones where it wasn't like he was right yeah. next you know on the upslope or something like he had to carry the bunker shot and then have it stop in a very narrow range yeah. he, he pretty much had to yeah landed on a a ping pong paddle i think i heard that reference to on the broadcast and <laughs> with like with zip and yeah. after carrying it you know 20 yards ish and and he did it and then made the putt for birdie and holy cow the, the guys there's some some pros that went to twitter to to give him his props for that uh saying they'd never seen somebody hit from there and leave it short of the hole like he did yeah um, yeah. So that was awesome. Uh, today, on during the regular play, he got up and down out of the same bunker as an easier bunker shot, um, but left himself with a, about a six or eight footer, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, good bunker shot and and made the made the putt. Another birdie. And then in the playoff, unbelievable yeah. that hooded bumper he hit up there. Yeah. Um, I wish he would have made the putt to have kind of birdie 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 from all those spots but just even just the mental toughness like i was saying before to go up to that shot and not be dejected about where he ended up to just say you know he he alluded to it in his post round where he said you know i didn't really think it it was as tough a shot as some people seem to think it was but i mean yeah i i can't believe he he walked up to that knowing what he was going to do and just doing it as as you know, confidently as he did. So especially yeah, in the situation, really, he took that in stride. Yeah. So that, I thought that was awesome. So center of the club face was max on 10. It was awesome. And it, it essentially that won him the tournament, um, you know, just because of it yeah. game, every stroke counted in the end. Well, th- those three shots could have easily added three, like one to each of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the up and downs are incredible. Yeah, they yeah. really were. 
Um, so then the pie in the face moment, I'm going to stick with Max. Uh, <laughs> thank God this didn't end up actually being, you know, what decided the tournament, but Max is put on 18. Um, said he, you know, he was super nervous over it, had the jitters, didn't hit a good putt. First, first putt all day. He hadn't hit kind of where he was looking, um, or how he wanted to. And, uh, anyway, could have been really bad. Luckily he escaped with the, the win anyway. So, um, yeah. Dodge a bullet there, but could yeah. have been bad. So, and just on that, the um, I think it was Faldo mentioned that his demeanor when he like got up to the green and like, or even right after he hit that shot, it was like he he sort of felt like he had won it already. You know, like he was like smiling and um, right. I think I, that was just excitement, really. That yeah, like, like adrenaline and excitement. Yeah. But it, it was one of those things where like like maybe going forward you know he got away with this one but maybe going forward he like he has a little bit more of that killer instinct through the running through the finish line um then then pulling up to celebrate or i I don't think i don't think it was the celebrate i think it was more just like it felt like the hard part was done and he felt like the burden had been eased and yeah yeah um he he had done what he needed to do he just didn't really put the cherry on top of it (laughs) Quick, quick story from my household from that putt. So usually on Sunday when we're watching with me, my wife, and my year and a half daughter, uh, my wife will ask, like, who are you cheering for? Who, like, who should I, like, put my good energy behind? I'm like, well, I, I got a Tony Finau ticket. Like, I picked him to win. So Tony Finau. And then as things played out and Max Homa had this putt to win, she's like, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's over. Like, he, like he really went out and won this. He, he did this. So we're sitting there and he misses it. And we both go like, what? And my daughter, like, is so scared, she starts crying. <laughs> she's a homo so, fan. <laughs> she's a homo fan. So I'm, like, I'm kind of, like, excited because there's this playoff now, and I don't know what's happening with Burns, and then this is happening, she's crying, and, oh, it was chaotic. It was a chaotic <laughs> moment in our household. I, man, I had the opposite reaction. I was like, oh, my. <laughs> yeah, mine was a devastating reaction. Um, but just real quick on the pie in your face. The other, so you, you were talking about how he had landed on about like a ping pong paddle size thing. Um, I forget who it was that was chipping, but at one point on the broadcast, it came up. They were talking about like a a uh, circle, a square foot. This was a, this wasn't Max. Oh, yeah. And so they like... The whole broadcast crew, I don't know who all it was, but there was like four or five different people chiming in on this. But they were talking about like how a circle the size of a square foot and like they couldn't they couldn't get through the <laughs> they couldn't understand it was so that like a, cir- a circle could be measured in square feet well like if it's square feet how could it be a circle and then they were talking about well, like well it's like it's like pi times d and i'm like well no that's that's not right either like it'd be pi r squared i was like man like the just the complete lack of any logical voice to come in in there and correct the situation just ate at my soul (laughs) that was really weird i agree it it was follow and dotty i know and a couple others were yeah yeah as well but i I just really like technical director in their ear someone's just like no like just like (laughs) guys move on you gotta move past either some someone needs to get this right or you guys need to move on yeah uh craig i don't know if we're going on the soapbox this week but do you have takes on riv so yeah i mean i i don't think my take is as harsh as as potentially i was making it come off to you guys when we were you know in our lead up to the show i i don't like 10 i i think so if you think about the playoff today 
because I think this is the best way I can explain it. Think about 17 at, um, what is it, TPC Scottsdale at the Waste Management and how yes, exciting okay. for like a drivable par four, how exciting that hole is. Think about if the playoff was happening on that hole. To me, that's just so much better than 10. Like it, it, essentially the strategy on 10 and, and the data points to this being the right decision, but it's just to like smack it up there somewhere around those trees or hope you're Lose like... it left. Yeah, like you're ideally trying to be about where Finau was or maybe shorter there, but like you can't be short enough to bring that bunker into play. So it, essentially you're hitting it sort of towards those the left edge slash those short trees and it just doesn't like i mean i guess yes it it is an exciting hole but it's it's not as exciting as i feel like it could be like i feel like that hole has so much more potential um you know it they've taken away the layup because the green is so hard to hold that yeah. you can't hold it with a full wedge, so there's no there's no advantage to trying to lay up and and hit a full wedge in. So essentially, the only play that makes sense is to just hit it up near the green, and instead of like it's just there's too much, you know. Maybe Max Homo was saying that he likes it, but there's just too much chaos involved. Like I, I would so, like a little bit more direct like risk reward, where like you know at at, at TPC like how close do you want to go over towards that water and how much risk do you want to take on or or you put over where yeah. Kepka did over more in that gully and then and then you make the birdie or in Kepka's case an eagle much harder um it's just there's no nuance to that hole i don't think right but the the thing i'll, I'll maybe agree with you um in the aspect it maybe isn't the best playoff hole like because it's a little bit too much chaos but i do like it i mean these guys can deal with a whole one hole like that a week kind of thing. You know, like it's not, it's not like it's, it, I, I want the ability for a it. great shot to be that made. Way. Like that's the problem I have is that there's no, there's no real way that you can make a great shot into that green. Well, Homa did, you know, like, well, no, like chipping from the around like, that like, green, his, his chipping t- around that green is, you could argue won him the tournament, you know. But it's just it's just a slap it up there, and then and then it's a short game off. And like I get that that's, but it's just to me, I would like it if there was you could hit a great shot into that green. You could take on more risk and hit a great shot, and it could hold somehow. Or like it, like there'd be the possibility of that. Uh, and it's just not there. Was on it today. I, I think it's also difficult with the pin placements there because I'd like to see two up front through the four days. I think it, just with the shape of the green, they're mostly kind of tucked behind that bunker, so you, you can't. There's less reward with the first shot. But yeah, the, the reason I do like it, I think it was Thursday morning. We had Cantley, Rom, and Morikawa, and they just made a complete mess of yeah. it. Like I think I, they. I love was, it. Bogey, bogey, double, or double, double, bogey, or something like they were going back and forth. Like the guys on the tee were like, "Guys, we need to play through." Or something. <laughs> um, it's the green. I think it's the green complex that it, maybe it's a little bit too sloped that it doesn't hold, and it's small. It's much smaller than I think Scottsdale seventeen. So it's oh, harder well, they, to get kind of wait. Yeah, smaller. and they they did talk about Plays how it was. You know, it's such an old course. It was designed when greens were slower too, right? Oh, so, but they, they, it's yeah, totally yeah. changed. Like that front bunker wasn't there. Like it's totally the hole is totally changed from when it was originally designed because essentially they tried to protect it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but I mean, it's just I, I and I get that <laughs> I get that it's I I like drivable par fours. I think they introduce a lot of excitement and 
um, interest. Yeah. And I, I don't mind the fact that you can make doubles there. It's just, I wish there was a little bit more nuance to it. And that's, I think that's about yeah. as sharp as yeah. my take needs to be. <laughs> It's not that sharp. Right, no, <laughs> no I, I, I love I like to say my really know. sharp takes for what I really need them. Yeah, no. Hey, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, is it, should we move on? Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's do it. Stock up, stock down. Craig, do you want to kick it off this week? Yeah, let's do it. I, <laughs> man, I've, I've just got to go with two young guys here. Uh, I feel like yep. they're moving in different directions. Stock up, Victor Hovland. You know, we talked about him having a nice backdoor top 10. Uh, but... I feel like I feel like we're just sort of unconsciously lumping Victor Hovland into the top ten in the world. Like we, we lumped him in with Rom there. Um, he man, he's he's very very good, and I think we sort yes. of you know Mayakoba he won there. Uh, we sort of just taken for granted i think how good he's playing right now and i mean maybe not all of us are taking it for granted because i picked him this week it's just a great call by me but uh so <laughs> the one i think that that <laughs> illustrates it the best is tied for sixth or better in five of his last six starts um, worldwide is that worldwide yeah. yes yeah. Uh, pretty so good I, so he hasn't missed a cut sorry let me scroll here he hasn't missed a cut since the Honda Classic last year. Um, he's just, he's playing really, really good golf. And I feel like we're sort of still lumping him in. I think maybe some people keep him still a notch below Morikawa. Like, it's the major. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. But like, to me, he, like, he is every, they're on that same tier uh, at the top of the, the young gun uh, rankings yeah, to me. I agree. Yeah, Kev, Kev you're on board too. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, now, going the opposite, in the opposite direction, right. Matthew Wolf. Um, it was, you know, he did he did make a cut here. I think he made it on the number or close to, um, but it's it's been a struggle for him. Uh, yeah. So he ended up six over. Uh, he, he shot a pretty ugly 77 um, on Saturday. On Saturday yeah. uh, probably a little bit saturday maybe a little bit on sunday morning um but regardless uh ended up tied for 64th so about you know uh, of the people who made the cut almost almost coming last but yeah um so he went second at the u.s open and then tied for second at the shiners the i don't know if it was the next week but it was his next start yeah right then he's had seven straight tournaments and he has been his best finish in those tournaments is tied for 36th um <sighs> Ooh. He really like we really have not seen him play uh, good golf for for quite a while, and I, I think consistency, you know, leading up to the U.S. Open and and sort of maybe the late summer, uh, consistency. We we weren't quite putting Matthew Wolf into the same tier as as some of those other young guys uh, yeah. because of consistency, and then he went and and played so well at the major. That yeah. we started to then, then just think he'd arrived, and I, I think we're seeing that uh, you know he still has he still has some work to be up you some know with growing with, pains. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I agree with everything. I mean, I think it's been kind of pumped the brakes for yeah for Wolf. Yeah, for a bit. All right, Kevin, who do you have moving up? Uh, well, moving up for me, I wanted to give another shout out to Sam Burns. Um, you know, he jumps from. 
149th in the world to 80th in the world with this finish. A little um, bit shocking that he was 149th. I, it is a little yeah. bit shocking. Um, you know, he he missed a cut at the American Express, but the tournament before that, that in the Houston Open, he was a T7. Since then, he's gone. Since the missed cut, he's gone T18, T22, T39, and now third. So he's he's playing pretty solid golf, um, sure. and and he's trending in the right direction. And I mean, what we saw this week, it, it was really an impressive performance. And you know, I, I like I said, there was a narrative out there where he, even though he makes a few bogeys on the back nine uh, oh, today, yeah. he still mm-hmm. he still wins his tournament. So absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's it's too bad for him because, you know, like we were talking about with all the stuff this does for Max as far as qualifying him for the Masters and the WGC. Right. Um, you know, it would have done the same for Sam. But, uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of takeaways, I think, for him from this week. And um, I would expect to see him to continue to play well. You know, now that he's got a taste of it, it's, it, you know, it's fun to be up in the in the lead competing. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's, he's a talent for me. Yeah, um, one of the one of the interesting things for me is that you know when I think of Sam Burns, I think of someone who off the tee is really hot, where he you know one sure. of his bread and yeah, butters. Yeah. He lost strokes off the tee, um, and and in the tournament, did, yeah, in the tournament, he wow. lost he lost strokes every day. Do I have the right person pulled up? Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, he lost strokes every day. I mean, it was not a whole lot. It only amounted to like a one stroke over the course of the tournament. Uh, mm. But he lost a stroke there and he gained almost seven uh, on approach. So uh, you wow. know, he was hitting the ball really well, but not, I think, in the fashion that we would have thought. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah, they were talking about how well he was playing approach to the green. So, um, yeah, surprising a little bit, but maybe that's his game kind of maturing and um taking the next step right mm-hmm. yeah um so moving down for me this week i have somebody we all like but harry higgs he's he's just really not playing that well as yeah. of late he's missed he, he had the um second place finish at the safeway there back yeah. when um stewart sink won uh since then he's missed six of ten cuts um and he's missed the last three so you know and this week he wasn't even really close. Like I think he was plus five uh, after two rounds this this week. So and I think right. that's kind of been the case for the last few he's missed as well. So you know I don't know what's going on there if he's working on something or what. But he's somebody I was I was looking to pick a couple of weeks ago for a for a sleeper, and I was like, oh, I haven't really seen anything from him lately. So I've been keeping my eye on him a little bit more, and unfortunately, it's just not really there for him right now. So. Um, a little bit of a stock down. Hopefully he can turn it around, but um, yeah. not not playing awesome right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to agree. Yeah, it, It's something that we've been following because he is typically a guy I like to pick in DFS. And, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten burned by him a few times. So finally he's he's not making the lineups. And until I got to see something him, here. Think, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, guys, you guys both want to these young talents going up. I, I gotta, I'm gonna change it up a little bit. So my stock up, Jim Furyk. Oh, oh. yeah, Champions Tour back, next week or what? <laughs> back to back top 26s for uh, Furyk. He hasn't done that since 2019, I believe. He is 26 this week, 21st the week before. I just think it's funny that I think in the last two weeks the USGA came out with the whole distance thing and the game and all these things about how are we going to kind of evolve the game and changing equipment and courses and all this. 
This is a guy who's 50. He averages 287 off the tee, 187th on tour. So 287 yards off the tee. He has a funny swing and he just went 21st and 26th on the PGA Tour in on really difficult courses with good fields. Like, that's awesome. I love yeah. it. I mean, I'm not like I'm not telling you to get Jim Furyk at the ground level here. <laughs> like, I think his time might have passed a little bit, but I love to see it. I mean, I love to see it. There's someone I forget who it is, but they they got a great Jim Furyk story. They talk about how the first time they saw him on the driving range, you know, twenty. I think it's Faldo. Is it Faldo? Um, I think so. Yeah. Just like they saw his swing, they're like, "This guy's gonna be out of here in a month," or like, "This guy won't last two <laughs> weeks." And then, you know, thirty years he's, later, here he is. He's in like the top five of all time career <laughs> yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, I think it's just incredible what he's done. Um, yeah, you know, not really optimistic that big things are ahead, but he's gonna dominate the Champions Tour. It's just, I, I love it. Maybe, this whole uh, distancing. Maybe a sneaky uh, top twenty bet. One of these tournaments. Maybe yeah, a sneaky one-and-done pick. Ooh. Hey, listen, That's really I could, sneaky. I could use any change to my strategy. <laughs> okay, moving down, I got Joel Damon. Um, just, I mean, year to year, since we flipped to 2021, it's it's gone bad. So he's missed four cuts in his last five tournaments. His only made cut was a 60th at Pebble. Um I, I just like he's just gone cold. I don't know. He's I think he's a West Coast guy and he has yeah. a West Coast swing, so everything should be kind of lining up. And he he finished twenty twenty okay, but just a really kind of poor stretch for a guy who I again like Craig, like a guy that I look for in DFS, possibly uh, a sleeper. You or think maybe of him a as someone with upside, yeah, with Did upside you? for sure. Um, but it's just. And an easy guy to root for, but just a bad stretch of golf. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, yeah. and tied for fifth at this tournament last year. So, uh, it you know, it's right. a course that he has played well on before. Yeah. Okay, so our picks that we put on Twitter every Wednesday. We've got our winner, sleeper, fade, top name, one and done. Going through the highlights here. I had Tony Finau as the winner. He's been playing great, but... It'll- lost in that playoff that's okay i actually did yeah so much that you cheered when a guy missed a three-foot putt no you i didn't your that's winner. always i didn't cheer i let out a loud noise that scared my daughter that's oh, all okay. cheer is a gasp it was a gasp it was a gal you were awestruck <laughs> craig went with xander kevin as you mentioned went with jt our sleepers were doug gibbon cam davis norlander nothing to note there uh fade big fade with bryson dechambeau for kevin who missed the cuts that was a good fade uh, Craig had the fade bump to John Rahm, who ended up backdoor to top five. But, you know, Craig's fades worked out on DFS, which we talked about I'm last I'm pretty happy season, with so. my fades this week. Yeah. The Craig's problem fade. was I faded four guys at the top, and the one person I chose for my fade here was <laughs> yeah. the one who made the cut. It's always nerve-wracking putting it on the pick sheet. It goes out to the public, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Top Canadian, uh, Kevin and I went with Corey Connors, who missed the cut on the number. Craig went with Adam Hadwin. And was that Top Canadian? No, Nick Taylor. Someone oh. none of us had. Where did he finish? Uh, he was just ahead of Hadwin. 19? T20. Yeah, he's he a stroke ahead of Hadwin. There he is. And then quick one and done update. So Craig won the week with the Adam Scott play. He was T38, got 40 grand to his uh, account for one and done. Nipped, uh, nipped sec- Neiman by one stroke there. <laughs> one stroke. I, has, uh, I had Joaquin Neiman, who was looking great halfway yeah. through the tournament i was laughing laughing pulling away even further from you guys but he only ended up with 20 he had a tough grand. day on the wind day there he had a yeah. tough day on the wind day 
And then Kevin went with Bubba Watson, horse for course, and missed the cut. But I don't think you're sweating losing Bubba Watson for the rest of the year. No, I'm not. And you know what? I really wanted to pick Max in my one and done. I, I kind of <laughs> threw it out there to you guys must have early. Played already. What's that? I thought you must have played him already. No, I hadn't. But I was telling Craig, I like I was feeling really good about Max going into this week, but I uh, I didn't I didn't want to mix business and pleasure. <laughs> I was worried about it. <laughs> it's like how I never bet on the Vikings. It's just it's too close to my heart. Fair. Okay, talking about betting, good bets, good bets, bad bets, red bets, green bets. Let's talk about kind of what how our weekend shaped up, uh, Kevin. Yeah, the Max I, Homer. I would love let's, to kick this one off. Let's talk about it. Let's I, t- I took uh, it's a good week for me. Good week for me. Um, I had Bank, Max a bankroll outright. builder. <laughs> yeah, it was a bankroll builder. I had Max at at fifty to one outright, which hit, um, and I also had him as a top twenty. Um, I had Joaquim, your boy, as a uh, as a first round top ten at four and a half to one so that was a nice a nice little payout to get you know just get the ball rolling early in the week i so like you, that so you see the you see the pick sheet and you're like oh adam's got neiman I yeah see. adam's got neiman yeah i also i also did put a, a first round uh top five on colin morikawa so when i saw them making a massive 10 there on the first oh. <laughs> the first one i was like oh geez there goes that Here we get go. a double start yeah so that's in the bad column and then you know i was dabbling a little bit i I uh, with the three ball today. I noticed that Wyndham Clark was playing really well on Saturday. So I'm paired with Spieth, and uh, I think it was Norin. So um, he, he seemed like he's getting a little bit disrespected at two and a half to one there. So I I bet on him today, and he pulled that one out for me. So that was that was a nice, nice. one. Too. I told you you weren't buying the Spieth hype. Like you, I don't know why you are so down. <laughs> hey, Sunday Spieth, all right? Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, Greg, how did your DFS? Weak shape of uh, man. So I, I had a bit of a frustrating one because like everything should. I I felt like I nailed my fades. Um, you know, fading a bunch of these top guys. Kept high ownership on DJ Xander and uh, and Patrick Cantley and Finau. Those those four. And completely faded Bryson, Rory, JT. Yeah. Like, then, in theory, you you had this perfect theory, but my theory was great. And then so. <laughs> I felt like the bottom end of my pool too was awesome, except I had like, I want to say three guys all on the cut line. And so I was sweating that cut because the cut was like on the verge of moving to plus one. Um, So I was on the, I was sweating that cut. I would have had like, if it would have moved, I would have had six, sorry, 55% of my lineups with six of six, uh, which you know, it would have been incredible. A good week, yeah. So uh, I still was looking good through the week. Uh, Neiman, your 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 boy Neiman hurt me. Um, yeah. Ortiz was was a hurt. Uh, but yeah. then DJ. Yeah. So I had DJ on on about fifty to sixty percent of my lineups, and so his fade today. Uh, that was probably the that, one that, that I, it still. So it still turned out to be a profitable week on. Um, uh, well, the profit from the tourney longs covered my losses on showdowns, uh, <laughs> but it was just one of those ones. Like it, it felt a little bit like last week, where it was one where like I made, I did so many good things that it feel like you kind of you yeah. need one of those big weeks on those weeks, and so um, it, it, it was a no blood, uh, slight profit, but it just felt like uh, felt like one that should have been a. It could have been a big one. It could have been a whale. It could have yeah. been a whale type. Yeah. 
cash. And, and some of those, so some of my You're still eating. Some of my lineups were were DJ Burns ones. So those were looking good for a long time, yeah. and then as, as the last stages of the tournament happened, it they yeah. they faded. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of right there with you for DFS. I thought on Friday that it's for sure got to move to plus one. The cut, the cut's got to fall back. Uh, Sergio missed his putt in the morning wave to to knock it to even to stay at plus one. Um, ultimately, Gim didn't make it as well. My sleeper, and then Corey Connors, who were high on as a Canadian mm-hmm. ball striker extraordinaire. So after that, after those three guys missed, it was kind of it was tough for me. But then this late surge from Finau, I, I was huge on Finau. I had him as my outright. I, I was holding that ticket twenty five to one. I was looking pretty good for a long time. I had him in a bunch of DFSs. They were they were slowly these four of sixes, five of sixes. I thought were dead. Were coming back into the green. And I was giving hope. <laughs> Um, but ultimately, ultimately, as, as Craig could understand, a lot of it is riding on the placement they have. So when Fina goes into first, he gets all these bonus points and he, he's holding on to it. But then when he loses the playoff, all those points go away when he drops the second. Um, so it was about, it was, it was tough. It was a hard one to swallow without a right <laughs> ticket and a couple of the GBP plays. It was about a, you know, a, th- a third of my bankroll swing to the to the red, so end up going from just over profit to about a seventy five percent return. Uh, yeah, yeah, on the stake. So it, it's not it's not a terrible bleed, but it was it was a flesh wound. It, it stung a little bit. Um, <laughs> the one I just want to highlight my worst decision of the week here, real quick. So uh, on you know you guys were already making fun of me because I, I was planting my flag on Rory for the round two showdown low ownership I'm just licking yeah. my chops I brought him up on our on our showdown show on Thursday night said I'd play something like fifty percent on him uh, you know fifty percent him fifty percent Xander typically what I do is go like you know twenty five both and then twenty five with one of each and then twenty five with neither uh, instead I was just feeling so good I put a hundred percent of my lineups with. <laughs> With the Rory Xander stack and then just like mixed up the, the bottom end of the lineup. So I just had a just a goose egg on, on Friday that it was just like a stick to your process. Don't don't just don't Trust just do stupid thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um hey, man, you shoot your shot, right? Well, yeah, but sometimes you shoot your shot and you do it with a nice fifty percent that you've thought out instead of just deciding, ah, yeah. let's just go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you shoot you like go in for a layup instead of like <laughs> Turn the half court heave. <laughs> it's like not. It's not even. It's like pulling up for the fast break, not from three, like at the line, like like a few a few steps back. Yeah, we're not all stuff, um, Curry. <laughs> Before we look ahead, uh, anything? Any final thoughts on Genesis? I'm. I'm. I was so tap- happy with seeing Max win. It. I'll. I'll be uh, riding Your this one for a while. Riding it. I can tell. I, yeah. I think honestly, most exciting tournament. Uh, I I I struggling to think of of the last one that I I was that into the outcome as it came down the stretch. Um, three guys when it was tied with all three of them. Three guys I really would have liked to see win. Yeah. Uh, you know I I, I tweeted. Um, CBS oh, the, ro- the ratings oh. the ratings for CBS oh, yes. last week were the highest they'd been in I, I don't remember exactly what they said but the highest in a while and I'm like if the ratings are not higher this week then I have no faith left in left in humanity because like this was the most exciting golf I have seen in a while um, so golf is great and business is a booming 
that's the other thing I wanted to mention with those guys missing the cuts is that I think we have deeper feels than we've ever had. In oh the yeah, history of for golf. sure. Yeah. Like, there's so much talent. Burns was hundred something in the world. Like hundred forty something. I think. Yeah. There's so much talent out there in the world in the game of golf. It's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we back to back weeks where we kind of had just the PGA Euros off, LPGA was off. So we kind of got a full slate again next week. WGC at the concession, moving from Mexico to Florida to the concession. Interesting, pre- interesting course. Like it's 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 gonna be exciting to see this course. I think they they talked about it being a potential future major venue uh, or you know maybe ride or or something like right. that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it holds up at the WGC this week. A lot of our favorite Euros coming over, obviously, for that one. Um, yeah, it's not often you get a, a brand new course on the PGA Tour that we've never really, I mean, kind of got a taste 2015. Anyways, there's a preview. And, and one that I think it. that there's a lot of acclaim and, and people talk about how hard it is and how much of a test it's going to be, which mm-hmm. let's test these guys. We also got Phil playing in the Colo Guard Classic this week yeah. on, the, on the Champions Tour. So we'll see if he can go three for three. For his uh, Champions Tour debut, the hat I like it. I like yeah. it. That'd be that'd be pretty amazing. Puerto Rico's back. Alternate event. LPGA is back. It's gonna be a good week of golf. Yeah, yeah. looking forward uh, to it. Yeah, uh, follow us on uh, on Twitter if you don't already already at Grand Sand Golf. Rate and review our podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where we post everything as well. Um, any final thoughts here as we kind of you know I don't know for people that are listening I don't know if you're not already on the discord but that's basically where we're chatting all the time as the trim is going on and everything so so come check that out we've even gotten Kevin to figure out how to join it he makes an appearance once every few days (laughs) (laughs) I try my best (laughs) alright thanks everybody for listening we'll catch you next week take care care, everyone